0: To be, or not, to be. Target that explosion and fire. Fire! Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Knows Podcast. I'm Darren, your host. On this episode 24, Born Again Bond. iOS 14.5, bring in Mask ID. Apple Card in Canada. Apple VR AR Glasses, Basil Steps Down from Amazon, Spotify Latest Subs, and Dave joins to talk about Apple Car with Kia and Ford Google partnerships. In the film and TV segment, rest in peace, Christopher Plummer. Review of Golden Gold nominations 2021, Disney Plus Raya and the Last Dragon, Wicked Musical Update, and... Born versus Bond Battle with Dave. Last in the shift segment, PS5 and Xbox hardware sales, and the music takes a break. I hope you listeners enjoyed this episode 24, Joe Knows. And it just works. And it just worked. It just works seamlessly. All right, now the tech segment, the Joe Knows podcast. Well, Apple released iOS 14.5 beta to developers. And according to The Verge, both PS5 DualSense and Xbox Series X controllers will now be able to play games on iOS using these two controllers. Other noticeable enhancements include 5G dual support, finally. And, of course, the big one, unlocking your iPhone with that mask on. But, of course, you need Apple Watch for the authentication process from the videos i've seen on youtube this feature looks to work pretty quick and seamless and finally this beta will also introduce what apple called privacy tracking where all apps will need to follow the guidelines provided by apple of how your data is used and how you're tracked cannot wait for this update all right what other apple news do we have here oh yes according to iphone in canada The government of Canada has approved two trademarks by Apple, specifically talking about both Apple Card and Apple Cash.
1: This is Apple Card, a credit card created by Apple, not a bank. So it's simple, transparent, and private. And it's the only credit card designed to take advantage of the power of iPhone.
0: This service was launched in the US quite a long time ago in 2017. And the card itself is a physical titanium card no fees, 2% daily cashback, with various partners. The pictures I've seen online look pretty sick, so yes please, I'll take one. And what else? Uh, the latest uh, from the information is Apple plans to release their upcoming AR VR headset that will feature a dozen cameras for tracking hand movements, two high-resolution 8K displays, and advanced eye tracking technology. The headset will also feature spatial audio, which was actually introduced with the AirPod Pros and most recently the AirPod Max, that creates a surround-like experience. The cost for this tech? Wow. $4,749 Canadian. Incredible. Solid hotcakes? Mm, Not at that price. Can't innovate anymore, my ass. Way too much. All right, on to other tech news. Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder and CEO stepping away from his position at Amazon, will not take on executive chairman at Amazon and focus on his other companies such as Blue Origin, Washington Post, and maybe even Relax. The incoming CEO is an internal executive, Andy Jassy, who was head of Amazon's web services since 1997. And lastly, Spotify now has... Reported 345 million active users, with out of that 155 million are paying subs. Broken out by region, of course, Europe leads the way, no surprise, as it is a Swedish-based company which sits at 35% of market share, followed by 24% in North America, 22% in Latin America, and the rest of the world is 19%. Spotify hopes to bump subs from 155. Million to one hundred seventy two hundred eighty four by the end of 2021. Looks like streaming is not disappearing anytime soon. All right, Dave joins to talk about Apple Car and the Google and Ford partnership. So, the latest from Bloomberg is that Apple's planning to invest $3.6 billion in Kia Motors to produce about 100,000 cars a year in the year 2024. I'm guessing having an Apple Car made by Kia is intriguing, but about price,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Apple's pretty innovative; and likes to rethink how we interact with things. So, who knows what they've got planned for a car? Um, but yeah, I'm not overly impressed with like Kia and its current tech. So, um, I mean, from the cars that I've driven, I was just never really too impressed. So, I don't know. Maybe it's Hopefully more of an Apple thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I was looking at these car stats here. It's crazy. So like last year, there was 59 million cars sold. Do you know who number one was in uh, market share?
1: I have no idea. Nissan?
0: No. Nissan's number three with Renault, of course. Mm -hmm. VW. Oh, really? Barely barely itching by Toyota. They had 9.3 million sold. Yeah. And uh, Toyota was 8.9.
1: Well, I guess if you think you got Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen.
0: Yeah, got a pretty big, uh, and they're huge, obviously, in Europe, right? I mean, that's their bread and butter over there. And I think South America, they're pretty big there as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, like, especially in North America, right? We don't necessarily always think that uh, the imports are, you know, big or putting out big numbers. but
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, Hyundai and Kia, they're owned by the same company now. They're at number four at 6.5 mil. And then GM is at number five. can't wow. believe it's that far down. And then your – my Honda is at 6, 4.5 mil. And then your Ford is behind Honda, which I find that very surprising at
1: 4.1. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Ford just – they went through, like, multiple – I don't know, kind of revamps of their vehicles. So I, I don't know if that bothered some people.
0: Do you think that it also has to do with maybe their lineup of cars is turned to dwindle, where they're shifting away from just cars? Like,
1: yeah, it uh, could have something to do with it because yeah, they're not planning in North America, right? They're not yeah. planning to have many sedans. There's mostly going to be SUVs and trucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know they're still a leader in trucks and stuff, and then. To at the top 10, Mercedes is at number 10, pretty far back at 2.5 mil. I mean, they don't really have a wide variety of pricing. I mean, they have some cheap pricing to compete with, with uh, you know, the V-Dubs, Toyotas at the, you know, the C-Class. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in general, you know, people are looking at C-Class as kind of like the next step up for people that want to spend money on cars.
1: Yeah, well, then I mean... They- they also brought out the A class models, right? Yes, sorry. That, like was ones that was the one
0: I think it was the A class. Smaller
1: sedan, but yeah. uh, they're kind of bare bones anyway. So,
0: yeah, by the time you price it out, it's close to like a C class. It's like yep. bad structure pricing. And then Tesla last year, which is crazy to see, they're actually the most valuable car company, but a lot of people still say they're a tech company more than a car company, the way their stocks valued. True. Because they sold only 499,000 out of 59 million cars. Uh, Wow. (laughs) That is not a lot. (laughs) I think obviously because they don't have the capacity to build out that many cars either. And they have some factories that just opened up in China last year. And they have those factories obviously in the States. Mm -hmm. But that's not a lot of cars. 499,000. I mean, I think most of these car companies make that probably in like a month, not even. Or sells right.
1: Yeah, I mean, either way, I it's odd that they're valued so high. And then, but I guess I guess if it's just everything else they do gets all kind of lumped in together sometimes.
0: Yeah, because I mean, but for EV cars though, that's where for sort of EV vehicles, sorry, they sell 2.1 million last year. So if Tesla took 500,000 of 2.1, that's quite a big chunk of the EV market. Yeah. Even though 2.1 mil out of 59 mil is not a lot to make these companies scared. But I mean, I think Ford and um, I'm not sure if it's GM that announced they're going to have like an all EV, at least 50% of lineups by 2025. Like that the entire car lineup is going to be EV.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I know Ford's got the Mustangs
0: finally coming
1: to an electric vehicle.
0: Oh, that looks really awesome, the Mustang e
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. So we'll see how well that does. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, performance Mustang's expensive. And yeah. then you get a, if you're going for a performance model, I don't know what the specs will be for the electric version, but uh, I don't know. I can't imagine it being cheap.
0: no. Well, I guess, I mean, staying with Ford and stuff here, we're talking about they, they did a big partnership announcement with uh, Google that this mm-hmm. starts up 2023, where most of the cars will actually come running with Google's Android operating system.
1: It will be in- kind of interesting. Like, I personally, I'm a, I'm a Ford guy. I love the n- integrated tech that Ford has in their cars. Like, for those listening that don't know, I I work in the auto sector. I spend a lot of time driving cars and uh yeah i mean f- as far as like some of the uh, like the nav systems and you know all the displays and things like that i always found like fords is really good like even you know better than the stuff you're seeing in mercedes and things like that right
0: yeah no i think when i sat in your car a few times where just seeing the infotainment system is i mean they spent a lot of time and effort i think making it integrating it well making it look well making it user friendly as well. Cause I think that's the biggest yeah. thing, right?
1: Yeah. And then like with Ford and the Google thing, like, I don't know, you know, what, uh, kind of system they're going to put in, but I always found it was funny. You know, you, sometimes you plug in your phone, you want to use Google maps or since it's app, I have an iPhone, it iPhone likes to default to Apple CarPlay, which mm-hmm. is kind of annoying. Cause <laughs> sometimes I don't even want to, you know, I don't, want to ta- well, I don't want to take over my system. I just want to charge my phone. Yep. So you have to like go in and disable CarPlay from being active.
0: And hurt. then you want, if you want to use it, you have to go back and re-enable it. It's just yeah, you gotta
1: yeah, as wish. opposed to, to like the CarPlay when it pops up on the screen, just having a like, I don't know, they may they may have changed that because I haven't updated my system in a bit, but there was like no easy way to like not use CarPlay in the maps and all that stuff.
0: Well, everything I was reading on this article is saying that the drivers that have Apple devices will still have access to Apple CarPlay. However, they're saying the rest of the infotainment system is going to be taken over by, uh, at the moment, uh, by uh, all the Google products.
1: Hmm. That's funny because like, the current system in the Fords is, is a Microsoft effort, right? So
0: Yeah, because they're going to actually integrate a bunch of like cloud services and use Google's data analytics, what I'm reading here. About it to help provide, sort of help improve things like customer service, manufacturing, and marketing. More or less, that they can spy on for wow. how, how well their business is. Perfect. We might go do our own car now. Thank you for all the information. Bye. Yeah, I Bye. don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Just, I don't know, but it is a risk, right? There, because
1: Google's going Google. to learn a lot from it. Yeah. Because um, I think whether of... whether they directly, you know, use that or if there's some sort of weird competition clause or something, but. I mean, who knows, right?
0: <laughs> I remember reading an article a long time ago where they were trying to partner up with Porsche and they said no because they wanted to control the entire experience. They didn't want to collaborate with uh, Porsche on anything. So I think Porsche said no, no thanks, because they didn't want to collaborate. It sounds like this is more a collaborative effort with Ford, so maybe they had to change their tune.
1: Yeah. Either way, it'd be interesting to see what comes out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean uh this decade you could see huge changes in just you know, more autonomous vehicles, more EV vehicles. Still not gonna be a big dent, obviously, this decade. It's just is still not in place for even a country like us in Canada, right? We you know don't we don't have the climate that's, you know, favorable to that type of technology.
1: Yeah, I I mean I'm not personally a huge fan of a lot of things with electronic cars, but uh Obviously, but maybe only, mostly because we do live in a cold climate. But
0: yeah, I just and we have that... long
1: distances to drive and waiting for a charge. You know, yeah. I don't know. Even yeah. for a fat quick charge, it's it's not that great.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. And um, you know, it could be the infotainment system could change this decade. It could become what we've seen on smartphones, where it's like split with uh, iOS and Android, where cars have A or B potentially where I think because these companies can't fight I guess someone say the inevitability of two companies that really want to control the software experience for you within the car
1: mm-hmm.
0: not the not the car experience itself but just to be able to control listen the messages music you know the whole thing I think that's just why they spend R&D when they just partner up with someone that's already has the money to do it, to continue to develop the software. Cause I mean, they're probably doing it now already. These companies already have probably their own in-house, you know, infotainment comp- uh, department, right? Mm-hmm. To spend money continuously on why just let someone else do it for you, which I think it's probably makes more sense for the automakers, but you never know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, kind of like hiring a plumber to come to your house to do stuff, fix your toilet, because you're an idiot and you don't know how to do it, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, why not hire the experts to come in-house and, you know, work with you, give you what you want, but yeah. you can kind of, like, let them run the show Yeah, on that, that. on
0: that side, right? Yeah, on that side, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can see it uh, happening by the end of this decade that it's going to be a norm in the cars. Well, That does it for the tech segment of the Joe Knows podcast. We've just been hacked. Could be worse than Snowden. Facial recognition got a hit. Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. I but you wish you'd stood in bed. Rest in peace. Canadian icon, Christopher Plummer. Passed away. 91. On February 5th. All right. Onto the film and television segment, of the Joe knows podcast episode 24. All right. What do we have here? The Hollywood foreign press association re- revealed this year's nominees for the golden globes. Interesting highlights for television is Apple TV Plus. Ted Lasso gets a nod for Best TV Comedy Series, along with Jason Sedikis getting a nomination for Best Actor in a Comedy Series. Animated Wolfwalkers gets a nod in Best Animated category, and Bill Murray gets a supporting acting performance in On the Rocks, directed by Sofia Coppola. Over at Disney Plus, The Mandalorian gets a nod for Best Drama. What a series that has been, this so far.
1: This is the way.
0: This is the way. This is the way. Other highlights would be let's see here. Sasha Baron Cohen ties a Golden Globe record for most nominations in a single year with three, as he's been nominated for the Borat sequel and the trial of Chicago 7. He also gets a nod for producing Borat, as it was nominated for Best Comedy Film. Finally, the Golden Globes makes history of nominating three female directors in the same year for the first time. Leading the way with Regina King, actress-turned-director for One Night in Miami, Chloe Zhao for No Man Land, starring Frances McDormand, Zell, if you don't know, has just completed filming Marvel's The Eternals last year, which is a part of the Phase 4 of the MCU, which of course has been delayed due to COVID. It was originally going to be released in November 2020, which looks like it's going to be the new Avengers-type kind of movie with Angelina Jolene, Gemma Chan, Salma Hayek, Richard Madden, Rob Stark.
1: If we do it your way, Kingslayer,
0: you'd win. Kit Herenton, John Snow. He's king of the north.
1: Thank you for traveling so far, my lord. I hope the seas weren't too rough.
0: The winds were kind, your grace. And Kumail Nananji from Silicon Valley. And much more. Did you bring up the Iranian revolution thing? Yeah, those words mean nothing. But here's the fact. I'm the only one of these clowns that can code in Java. And finally, the... The other director, that female director that was nominated was Emerald Finnell Film. Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan. Congrats, ladies, on the nominations. Other Disney news just in. The Disney Plus has announced that Raya and the Last Dragon will hit theaters and stream the same time on March 5th. It's all yours to watch for $34.99 Canadian. I mean this, I mean it's been kind of ongoing. I think will be the norm probably for another six to twelve months. Time will tell. Lastly, according to Variety, director John M. Chu has inherited Universal's musical *Wicked*. The non-stop adaptations of musical continues in Hollywood. Filthy habit. Now the battle of spies. It is Jason Bourne versus James bone. Talking about the film more of course and that's JB versus JB.
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, when it comes to secret agents uh, love both these characters so pitting them against each other is going to be it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah you know I was looking back at uh, kind of more stretching it to you know ones that we grew up with. I mean of course we've seen the Roger Moores, the Sean Connerys. I mean those were yeah. the original ones but I was kind of more focusing more on like bross it a little bit but more or less kind of daniel craig time versus obviously there's only been you know five chase five born movies four with jason it'll be like
1: mo- modern era yeah modern era ball. right yeah like wherever you draw the line i don't know if you would draw it at dalton or if it's like if it's like a particular year like 1980s forward or 85 forward or yeah, even
0: 90s yeah, I mean, I, guess, I mean, looking at something, I mean, we have to say that, uh, I think, uh, the Pierce Brosnan version brought, uh, kind of modernized Bond for the new generation yeah. of, uh, fans of the franchise. And, yeah. you know, GoldenEye was, you know, what it was, was just, you know, that typical type of Bond still kind of still clung on to a bit of, um, you know that you know he's a womanizer, all that kind of stuff. Where
1: oh, he's I a felt boy, right?
0: Yeah, I felt the new one didn't do that as much. Uh, like the, the Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig ones. Yeah, I mean, he still has a love interest because they always want to have the bond girl, even though that's kind of more, more about the stories and stuff. And I found that you know we're gonna be going back and forth here, but I I feel that the look. Of Bond change when Bourne came out because Casino Royale came out in 06 but Bourne came out in 02 Mm -hmm. and I think when they did the first two Bournes by the time Die Another Day came out the same year the first Bourne came out I think obviously it was already shot and looked different but it was Mm -hmm. a different style of spy uh, look and the character itself was like you know, was able to have some sort of emotion where, I mean, the old James Bond was like, yeah, whatever, I don't care about anything. I'm the best, you know, I never get hurt. Nothing affects me emotionally and whatnot. I think what Bourne brought to the spy series was both great action and more realism to being a spy, if that makes sense. Jesus Christ. That's Jason Bourne.
1: Yeah, well, all of the older ones, you're saying kind of like Bond was more indestructible almost like you
0: know he never get beat up in a fight which he rarely did
1: yeah where i guess yeah he was, he was almost more like idolized in a way right yeah. not like not i don't know if that's the right word i'm looking for but but uh yeah it was just it wasn't raw he was just more of a like a celebrity kind of spy yeah, like, yeah exactly <laughs> you know? it was like like his hair's done, he's looking good, and he's he's slick and smooth with the ladies.
0: I mean, I as know opposed they, to like a tough guy. Yeah, because I mean, I guess they both get out of situations, and he's barely scratched. But born, he's like beat the heck up when he leaves a fight. He's like barely right. gets out of the fight, and then I think that carried over to the Daniel Craig version of Bond, especially in the Casino Royale. Well, oh, yeah. where, took a beating. Know, he was getting beat up, and he—I mean, he would, most of them win the fights and stuff, but. What I do like about the Daniel Craig series of Bond is the continuity from one Bond to the next Bond, where they carry stories or characters throughout, and mm-hmm. which was uh, quite uh, a different way. I don't think the other Bonds quite told. It was like mm-hmm. one separate movie, and that was it. It was nothing related to that movie again. It was these yeah. ones kind of built upon each other, and that's what the Bond series did too. They built upon the previous movies.
1: Yeah, it was kind. Of, well, I mean. Those older bonds was kind of, it's like watching a crime drama on TV, right? And they wrap yeah. up the the crime gets wrapped up at the end, so yeah, exactly. They're not going to talk about that crime again. And then yeah. you know whatever, and the majority of them, even though they're like so identical, but uh, oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And then that's kind of what the movie was, right? It was like they're dealing with one crime, one bad guy, and you know it's the problem solved at the end. There's no you know progression.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, lends its way to, like, I think, just these franchise storytelling where it becomes not just, you know, six movies, something more, of course, back to our Star Wars, kind of continuing the stories from the previous one to talk about what happened before, which is kind of nice, especially with these spy series because we know typically they last, you know, seven to ten years. They'll just do a couple movies and they move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought that... Um, I'm going to move back to Bourne for a second, that they really hit the stride when they did the Bourne Supremacy, where they brought a a different director, like a British director to direct it, and Mm -hmm. uh, Paul, Paul Greengrass. And he went on to direct, obviously, the Bourne Ultimatum and the last Jason Bourne movie called Jason Bourne. But I'd say the Bourne Ultimatum for myself is probably one of the best spy movies of all time. Noah Wilson. This is Jason Bourne. I was wondering when you were going to make this call. How did you get this number? You didn't actually think I was coming to Tudor City, did you? Oh, wow. There's so much in it that it was accumulation, of course, from the first two, and he finally discovered, you know, spoiler alert, who he was. He was actually he decided to join the program, is what they call it, in you know, the Bourne program, where he becomes a new person called Jason Bourne, and he did it because he wanted to uh do it for his country
1: yeah it's been a while since i watched all the born so a lot of the stories kind of just meshed together i can't remember which one was which
0: and i think they both have like personalities where they're super like kind of smart in the way they go about. they don't just have i mean they're not the biggest guys but they can hold their weight but mm-hmm. the way they think about their spy situation their situations that they put themselves in to try to figure out why and who they are in all the situations they're in and it's kind of like the way the born ultimatum was he figured out that you know his uh, dad kind of got him into being a spy and he didn't know that because he had that concussion kind of lost a bit of his memory in the, in the born identity yeah and um he kind of everything didn't kind of clued back in until he started kind of meeting up with all these different, um what do you call them files or kind of missions that he was sent on. Yep. And then he'd figured that, you know, they don't really care about him. It's just, he's just a number.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that's kind of what makes, you know, Jason Bourne a little more interesting, right? Is because like Bond can be comfortable with who he was, where he came from. Cause he followed well, He knows, right?
0: Yeah. You're going to pass out in a few seconds and you need to keep your heart going. Push the red button now, Bond. Bond, push the damn button. Do it now.
1: Whereas, yeah, Bourne is just the whole time. I mean, it just adds that extra mystery to everything.
0: Yeah, and I know they did a TV series spin-off, but I mean I'm not gonna talk about that. But they did try to, as Hollywood always loves to do, a spin-off with uh, the Born Legacy with uh, Hawkeye, which was not that great of a movie. That Hawkeye.
1: was a that was a off that wasn't because I actually didn't watch the Born Legacy because I didn't want to because I just yeah no I was like oh Jeremy Renner I I thought it was a uh, he, he you know Matt Damon left as Jason Bourne and. They wanted to do another one, so I thought he was just playing Jason Bourne again.
0: Yeah, no, so no, it was kind of happening in parallel. That's why and I'm not sure why they should. have... I mean, I know, of course we know why they used the name "The Bourne Legacy" to kind of people got confused. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a Bourne movie. I'm like, Wait a minute, that's that's Hawkeye, and he's really not believable. As... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, did you saw it though? Yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, I guess for a spy movie, if it wasn't the Bourne Legacy, it would have been decent. But since Having to live up to that type of mm. you know spy world to be part of that world, mm.
1: it's like did it was it a lower budget film too? Like, no, nope. because nope. it was a spinoff.
0: Same, mm. same budget, but I mean obviously different writer, different director. So yeah,
1: it's just maybe yeah, because a lot of people went into it expecting it to be oh like I their expect, expectations were like oh it's another born movie and then okay. since it didn't perform as well and it was a different kind of character and feel or whatever. Yeah. It just did, like, poorly. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because then it was, like, nine years later, they brought Jason, they brought Matt Damon back nine years later. I think they were both reluctant, like, Paul Greengrass and, uh, you know, Matt Damon weren't sure if they wanted to do another, you know, kick at the can because they really enjoyed how the series ended for them. But I thought it was still a done movie, Jason Bourne. Yeah. I mean, there was a big... uh car chase scene we were i was in vegas with all my brothers a year a mm-hmm. couple couple years ago and they were filming it when we were there that chase oh, cool. scene was all did blocked you, did you
1: did you see any yeah
0: yeah we, we saw the one scene where they had like the uh swat uh, truck kind of drive down the boulevard where oh, you cool. see it in the trailer and stuff is it it's pretty cool i all mean right. yeah it, it, they shut it down like it was like we went there in late january so they were pretty much shooting it in the middle of the night. So it was like freaking what was it like uh, shut down from 9 to like 1 o'clock we oh, kept wow. kind of going in and out of the hotels to see if anything's happened but nothing they're just trying to set everything up and then we happened to be outside when we came back outside to see what was going on and then we saw the vehicle and go and then nice. okay then they opened everything up after <laughs> it was pretty funny just for that one scene that's crazy I mean going to Bond and stuff I mean I was really looking forward to No Time to Die that looks pretty cool really good this, this is
1: the one that couldn't get released or yeah
0: i mean it was supposed to actually be released again in april but they just pushed it again i think last last month in january they announced now to be pushed back to october so it should have been out last summer
1: yeah 2020 uh, that's right
0: and i think this is accumulation of course of all like because he's done that'll be his fifth outing of bond
1: yeah that's uh that's, that's about the same Pierce did, too, right? Or did he do six?
0: Pierce did four. Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World's Not Enough, and Die Another Day. That was only four. Okay. Only four, yeah. I think <laughs> he wanted to do a fifth, but they said, uh, I think once they saw the direction and how spy, And that's, I give it to Bond. They like to adapt to times, and they change, like I said, their uh, look and feel to kind of mimic the Bourne. You are
1: a funny man, Mr. Bond. <laughs> now the whole world's going to know that you're done scratching my balls. Yeah. Well, and... he, like, even even Timothy Dalton right before. I mean, Cameron, what was the TV show he was on?
0: Timothy right. Dalton?
1: Yeah. Uh... Was it Timothy? Or no, no, Pierce, Pierce. Pierce. Sorry. Yeah.
0: I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, he's on Remington Steel.
1: That's it. Sorry. No, I was I was getting ahead of
0: myself trying he to think of two actually, names. He actually was Cass before Dalton was. And they went with Dalton but because he couldn't get out of his uh, contract. He was so oh.
1: mad. Oh, I see. But, but he like,
0: still got it in the end. He still got it after Dalton did his, his hmm. stint. But yeah, he was supposed to be Bond initially.
1: I mean, I don't mind him as Bond, but Yeah, I mean, he still has that kind of pretty boy look as opposed to when Daniel Craig took over.
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. Do you have a preface between uh, these two, the Bond or Bourne?
1: That's that's tough, man. I I love Bond. Um, I know. And, I mean, the movies are great. They're big budgets. They're usually, you know, pretty entertaining. But, yeah, I think if I needed someone to come, you know, to my rescue! I'd be <laughs> more comfortable knowing Jason Bourne's got the call.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bond might be too busy getting a martini or freaking looking for a girl, but I guess the new one doesn't do that as much. But he still does. Getting his shoes shined before he goes out. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm. I'm definitely in the. Ever since the Bourne series came out, I'm a big Bourne fan. I mean, they're gonna hopefully reboot it one day, but um, I love just the way. The character set up, and it's the world it lives in as well, too. So, I'm a born guy.
1: Yeah, that's. Hmm, I thought one of us would go for Bond, but I mean,
0: yeah, I thought yeah. you'd be born Bond, but I mean, I do like the the Craig Bonds, and it'd be interesting to see what they do with the next Bond because um, I think uh, the Born series itself might be sitting for a bit before they figure out what to do with it. But Bond is. Always on the go, man. You don't wait.
1: It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, time will tell. Maybe we can go see a Bond movie in 2022.
0: No kidding here at this rate. good Goodness, goodness. Well, thanks, Dave. That does it for the film and TV segment of the Joe Knows Podcast. Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. Now onto the shift segment of the Joe Knows Podcast. Well, video game news update with Sony announcing it sold over 5 million PS5 during the holiday. Well, Microsoft was quiet during their latest earnings. Analysts at research firm Nico Partners projected Xbox Series sold around 3.5 million. Looks like another uphill battle for Xbox, but both systems were just released in November 2020. Lots of time to catch up. All right, uh, music does take a break after last week's tense battle. That does it for the Joe Knows Podcast episode 24. Please subscribe if you haven't done so and share with your family and friends. You can follow me on Twitter at Knows Podcast, Instagram at Joe and Facebook at Joe Knows Podcast. Until next time, Joe out. Warren? Get some rest, Pam. You look tired. <laughs>